Hey, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> this is the Rich Eisen Show. Was it holding? Yeah. Should it have been called? No way. Just swallow your damn flag, man. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I saw the grab by the back of the jersey, and it is a clear hold. Son of a... And I applaud the player. You know, who said I held them? Today's guests, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Calvin Johnson. ESPN NFL analyst, Dan Orlovsky. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show here on a Tuesday. Valentine's Day, everybody. I heart you. Uh. And I heart you through you hearting the Roku channel. If we could use emojis instead of words, we would. That's how we roll here on this show today. We're uh, thrilled to be here the Tuesday after Super Bowl 57. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. If you didn't get through yesterday, still want to get something off your chest, we're here for you. If you want to heart somebody, you want to go ahead and send a valentine to somebody. Later on, we're going to offer up our sports valentines to somebody out there in the sports universe. Uh, universe. So uh, that's what we got later on today. I got my top five storylines to come out of Super Bowl 57. We've got Kurt Warner joining us in 20 minutes. Calvin Johnson, Hall of Famer, joining us in about an hour from now. And Dan Orlovsky breaking stuff down as only he can. That's an hour number three. And as I said, you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. How are you, Chris Brockman? You're making that heart. How do we do the heart? That's it right there. Well done. Well done. Well done. Got it. Uh, I'm great. DJ Mikey D is indeed nuts. Good to see you over there. Uh, Mike Hart's swag. <laughs> good to see you. You okay over there? You good? Yeah, what? I'm dealing with a couple things. You, I gotta what, just... You're dealing with a, what, a couple things for us you're talking about? Yeah, I'm just working on some okay. stuff. Okay, very good. Good job, Mike. Good very good. My mind's... I understand. Your mind's in, in all different places, but you're focused here. I'm you focused got us. here. Of course okay, I am. Good. TJ uh, Jefferson, good to see you over there, sir. Good to see you, Rich. You yes. know, Mike and I, before the show, we were just talking about De La Soul and how sad we were that uh, yeah. one of the members... True Goy the Dove died, so we were talking about that right now. Okay. Uh, oh, it's affecting so, me a little. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, I love Dale. Um, so uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. We've got a great three-hour show in store for you. Um, so we, we, we've gotten a whole bunch of, uh, we've gotten a whole bunch of um, um, tweets in our direction, greatly appreciated. I've gotten some, uh, some texts and some emails. Some people were saying this to me um, over... The past weekend when I was strolling around the Super Bowl state about what a great job we all did last week. And I say that to all you here and everybody part of the Rich Eisen show last week. And uh, in terms of the personal kudos I've gotten, I'm, I'm touched by it all, especially knowing that no one out there in terms of my work. And I don't think you guys know either in terms of my work, um, the script for Super Bowl 57, oh. that part about the defensive holding penalty. That was mine. Um, oh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you should have wow. seen it in the table read. Jeez. The table read was wild. You know, somebody had to tell James Bradbury right. it was, was going to be him. Yeah. He didn't take it very well, no. but he kind of kept it to himself. Um, and, um, and, and then, of course, when he did get called for holding in that part mm-hmm. of the game, it, it totally threw everyone on my Twitter feed that was barking at me about how everything was being uh, uh, set up and fixed for the Eagles. It totally undercut them. 
at that point in time. Like all good movies, Rich, you need a twist. Yeah. You, you need a plot twist, especially late in the third act. And, um, yeah. It, it's just like all those yeah. Chiefs fans that didn't see that call on Juju Smith-Schuster early on. It's a fix. It was fixed. It's all fixed. Nice. And then all of a sudden, that was my old Henry-like twist. Just flip it. Well done. Thank you. And, and like I said, you know, um, it, it, it was it was an incredible season just scripting it all the way to the finish. Yeah. Shout out to the writers. So, you know, again, I, I told everybody that I wouldn't say anything, but it was really my idea nice. to just come up with this one last penalty, just piss Wait. off. I did, I did that for, you know, all the New Yorkers out there who were upset about the Empire State Building yeah. getting lit up. Payback. I'm like, wait till you see what I got cooked up. Yeah. And uh, it was a tough sell in the room, you know, to Bradbury in particular. And then, of course, the officials didn't want to be front and center. Well, Nick Sirianni but, was probably crying, right? Well, uh, no, he flipped me the bird. Oh. That would bird <laughs> when he flipped because he knew what was coming. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So we're going to be up by, you know, 10, huh? <laughs> 10, huh? And we're just going to join the Super Bowl 51 Falcons is the only teams in Super Bowl history to be up by 10 or more halftime and not win the game, huh? It was a tough sell because, you know, all the Eagles fans thought so. Uh, my apologies, to uh, everybody out there about my script idea. How dumb is this? Hashtag NFL. All the stuff. I got that all throughout the entire Super Bowl. It's fixed. It's fixed. It's fixed. And and then, of course, when the officials pop in there, it's it's the officials who are fixing the game. And it's just human condition, folks. I still, to this moment, cannot believe that flag came out. You know, at, at first, when I saw it in the stadium, and I'm like, yeah, that's a hold. He tugged his jersey. He did tug his jersey. And and then, you know, as things went along, I'm like, that is something that should not be called. And I heard Pereira, Mike Pereira, lead Fox rules analyst, say yesterday, doesn't matter. First quarter, last quarter, first week, last two minutes, you see it, you call it, and and yeah, you see it and you call it, but it wasn't called much of the game. Where does that come from? And I think it ultimately just comes down to the disappointment that we didn't see the ending that I, the, the game deserved. And I appreciate James Bradbury saying, yeah, that was a hold. I, I thought they'd let it slide. And I appreciate Hurts and Nick Sirianni after the game saying we should have played better because that is the truth. I mean, the fact that it did come down to a holding call against the Eagles after they were up by 10, okay, they were up by 10, and after they were dominating the first half of that game, which they did, they could have easily been up 28 to 10 going in half. They could have been up 18 and a half. They also got the benefit of Kansas City, the butt kicker, hitting one right off yep. the upright. Stoink. Thus, when Kadarius Toney waltzed in untouched into the end zone to give the Chiefs their first lead of Super Bowl 57 in the fourth quarter, their first lead would have been in the first quarter. They'd have been up 10-7, the Chiefs. So the Eagles did get some benefits in this game. But they also literally fumbled one away. Jalen Hurts' truly only mistake of the night was a major mistake. 
led to, by the way, the Chiefs being all over that running play that they called for Hurts. And they had to make him bounce it outside, and he then put the ball on the ground. But the Eagles did allow Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore to enter the end zone untouched to cash in red zone opportunities instead of forcing a field goal like the Chiefs did to the Eagles. That third down drive in the game, looking back, that third, pardon me, third quarter drive in the game after the Chiefs responded to open the second half with a touchdown, a seven-minute, 17-play drive in which they picked up two third and longs and a fourth down to move down the field into the red zone only to stall there. That was a wild drive where Dallas Goddard's third and 13 catch was ruled a catch. Then there was a substitution that the Eagles made that forced the refs to stop the game to allow the Chiefs to substitute. And in that interim, Andy Reid challenged the Goddard catch and it was upheld, by the way, part of the script. But they didn't cash in that third down opportunity and then went three and out themselves after the Chiefs took the lead. Kadarius Tony then responds with, a long punt return on a low kick. He also, if you look at this, the screen grab, he's surrounded by four Eagles. How he got out of that is unbelievable. They had him on the left side. They did. And then he know, bounced to the right. And, he, and then there was just a wall of red. He bounced to the white, uh, to the right, and he took yeah. it inside the five. And that got cashed in with Sky Moore being wide open. All I'm saying is the Eagles left so many opportunities on the field. If they didn't stall at the end of that long third quarter drive that by the way they also had to call timeout themselves could have used that timeout later on huh as Jarek McKinnon slid down to force them to use their last timeout he might have scored or they could have taken more knees and had a little bit more time on the clock the Eagles instead of eight seconds so many mistakes that they made that did lead to this holding penalty meaning so much I still however cannot believe they called it I wish they hadn't I don't think anybody in Kansas if just take a look again at the replay which is being replayed every two seconds now instead of many of the the moments of Super Bowl 57 the replay of the hold you take a look at at the ball when it landed Juju Smith-Schuster didn't run up to the official and start yelling at the official like why didn't you call it it looked like he was just going to return to the sideline and be done with it It knowing that their offensive set was over Mahomes pointed I think after the flag came out I don't think he pointed then that drew the flag the flag was in the air Okay, and as the flag comes, I think he pointed like that was on him to make sure it wasn't somehow called on his own guy. If I had to guess, we'll ask Mahomes that when we do get him back on the program. I think you're right, Rich. It's just we just feel kind of cheated that we didn't get to see. uh, Hurts. Yeah, Hurts out there because he was having such a great game, arguably could have been MVP. And to just it was just kind of a womp womp ending. It was just you know kind of Price is Right also, game show loser ending. Yeah, and we just felt kind of robbed because the game was so awesome. It had a chance to be one of the most iconic Super Bowls of all time. There were seventy three points scored. 
And then we also know, as we're watching, I feel this way at the end of the fourth quarter of every Super Bowl, yeah. seven months. Season's over. Right. Yeah. And so why wouldn't we, we want to see more? Yeah. A little more football. Yeah. Bonus football. And it wouldn't have been like the previous overtime in the previous game in a Super Bowl where one team came back on the other so far down the previous Super Bowl in which somebody had a 10-point lead at halftime and blew it, for the lack of a better phrase. I mean, that game, the Patriots had taken over and was so dominant and had been on the field so much, Falcons were gassed. So when the, the Patriots got the ball first, that was a wrap. This time around, both teams, I think, were ready to roll for a fifth quarter. And on top of it, we have the new overtime rules that even if the winner of the toss went down the field and scored, the other team would get a chance to come back, which is why I made my bold prediction in the pregame show on NFL Game Day morning of double overtime. We could have even seen My the strategy gosh. that we talked about before when this new rule came into effect. Give that, the other guys the ball first. Yeah, win the toss. You know what? We'll play defense first. Stop it Let's so we know. So do. then we, we'll stop you from scoring a right. touchdown. Knowing that now it's the old overtime rules. Goal. Touchdown wins. Field goal just keeps it going. Right. Would have been cool. Oh, my God. I know. So close. But I I'm think- sorry. I'm sorry. I should have. I should have spoken up in the in the script meeting yeah. instead of giving this idea. I should have pulled it back. I should have kept my finger on the chess piece. Your so script idea should have just been overtime. Yeah. And next time. Yeah. Next year. Yeah. <laughs> I still got a few more years left on my NFL Network contract, and thus a seat in that in that room. And uh, TJ, I'll 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 talk about you know maybe making Dallas part of this a little bit more next year. You know. You know it's funny. Brockman mm-hmm. and I got um we got interviewed by a guy. That was standing outside of you know where we were walking in to uh, go to the set, and he said, "Do you believe the NFL is scripted?" And I said, "Absolutely." And he said, "Why do you believe that?" I said, "Well, look at this." I said, "You see all the the <laughs> accolades and all the success that the Cowboys had early on." And I said, "I truly believe the rest of the league got together and said we cannot allow this to continue." So they've been scripting us to lose. Every in all year. seriousness, though. <laughs> in all seriousness, in all seriousness, that's funny. You were interviewed by somebody walking into the Super Bowl experience during our week in Arizona last week. Yeah. Somebody used that time with you. Mm-hmm. Was this the, the time we were waiting to, for you to guys to rehearse and you were not there? So yes. that Tuesday? It was no, the no, first, this, was, this was when we arrived. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. So, at any rate, on a Wednesday of Super Bowl week. That wasn't the only question he asked. I, I, doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Any <laughs> real estate with a microphone with somebody holding it. To somebody else, mm-hmm. the question to you was, do you think the NFL is scripted? He was joking. Okay. Are it we was, sure about this? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> good God. Yes, it was okay. a joke. Because <laughs> as you know, there, there are some people who think otherwise. No, right? he was out asking okay. He was asking humorous questions. I want to hear from Me and Chris them. from the show, he's asking us humorous questions and okay, legitimate good. questions, and that was one of them. Okay. Are we, and you could tell the difference between humorous and legitimate, and that was it. I've been a comedy producer, consultant for many years not, throughout my Hollywood career. So yeah. You have punked people. I, I have punked people. So, yeah, I kind of have a good idea. Okay. You know? I can't believe it. Yeah. I know. Just just feels a little, we got, we got robbed a little bit. Even though the game was <laughs> tremendous. Tremendous. Stupendous. minutes. I know. And I feel bad that I'm even two days later bleeding with this, but it is truly what a lot of people are still yeah. talking about. 
Kurt Warner called Super Bowl 57 on Westwood One Radio. He will be joining us right now. Then in hour number two, we've got Calvin Johnson. We'll talk about the Hall of Fame class with him. Um, And, of course, Super Bowl 57. Dan Orlovsky, I'm sure, has watched this game back already. What what, what do you say when I ask him how many times? Is it three by now, do you think? I was actually going to set the line. I was going to set it at two Two and a half. half. I'll take the over. I'll take the over. I'll say he's watched it back three times already. He's got a long-ass flight back from Arizona East. So that's definitely on that. Yep. Right? Well, it depends how quickly he, he got the cut up. I'm sure he got it right away. All right. I'm sure he got it right away. And then probably once yesterday prior to going on the air again. Probably one this morning. Right. Okay. I'll go three. Okay. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I've got the top five storylines to come out of Super Bowl 57. Uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently speaking today with Pat before going in the dark. Derek Carr. A real sentence. Derek Carr. By the way, real sentence. That's a real sentence. Not a hint of irony. No, that's a real Not thing, a hint man. of a real sarcasm. Thing. All of those words, factual. <laughs> Hashtag. I have so many questions that we can talk about later. Uh, and then yeah. Derek Carr is going to get released in four hours. Less than now. Less than. His Raider career ends. He's got three hours and change left in it. So he may he may be he may be a, a saint by the end of the day. He may be signed by midnight. Of course, that doesn't become official until the new league year begins. But he's a free agent. So we're off and running. Is he getting that money? And I bet you he will tell people, you can't wait until Aaron Rodgers emerges from the dark to sign me. You better sign me now. Make your decision now. He's going to use the darkness therapy as his opportunity, I imagine. Darkness. Wouldn't you? All right, we're going to break this down. (laughs) That's still to come here on this program. 844-204-RICH-NUMBER-DOLL. Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
See ebaymotors.com. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network is back here with our Roku channel stream, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. This man called Super Bowl 57 on Westwood One Radio after, by the way, I mean, six plus hours of of the eight and a half. We gave him grief for tapping out, but you know, he's only talking to a, a nation in a world for the Super Bowl. But I, and that is not easy. Especially since he also like ate hot wings during a uh, prediction segment. <laughs> Did you see that. that? What was that? I mean, this was a, <laughs> I mean, a monumental Super Sunday effort, probably Super. on par with uh, being the last guy to win the MVP of the year and the MVP of the Super Bowl prior to Mahomes. This is the introduction for Kurt Warner back here in the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Kurt? I'm good, my man. How are you? I'm great. I mean, what a what a day for you, Sunday, man. What a day. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it, it is a long day, but it's, you know, the energy of that day and the fans and obviously the awesome, you know, blessing of being able to call the Super Bowl and what a great game that was. I mean, the energy just kind of carries you. Um, you know, as, as you know, you get that long day and then mm. as soon as you kind of sit down and take a deep breath is when it really hits you. But, um, but it's just fun. It's a culmination of everything that we do. It's always a great week and then finishing up obviously a long day on Sunday, but it's a fun day on Sunday um, for all of us. Our show was great and then it was, uh, it was great to call the game. And then the show began with the Super Bowl. I don't know if you're aware, but this was deep buried in the uh, NFL Network research packet. First Super Bowl since Super Bowl 32, Kurt. Super Bowl 32. Uh, where both teams came out and scored a touchdown on their offensive possessions, their first ones. That was the first. They they wow. came out smoking both teams. You know, that's funny because I was I actually looking into that as my bold prediction that they're both going to score in the first drive. Oh. Ben, our researcher, said, ah, it actually happens all the time. So I'm like, oh, no. okay, I'll go find something else. <laughs> so interesting that it hasn't happened since, uh, since 32. Oh, are you throwing Ben under the bus for not giving you the bold <laughs> no, prediction I mean, I, idea? I mean, it must it must have happened lots before that because I think I'm sure he just looked it up and go oh it's happened 15 times or whatever. Well, it was. not so since it was like, Super Bowl oh, not 32. Really not since two before uh, your first, Kurt. I like it. You know, not I like the nugget. Uh huh. I, like I mean, what what do you th- what what do you think of? Uh, um, I guess which screw it. I'll just start with the the end. What do you think of the holding call, Kurt? At the end. Um, you know, I mean, I'm one of those that I, I see exactly why they called it. Uh, it's it's always one of those things. I always try to step back and be objective and go, okay, can I see why they called it? Yeah, I fully see why they call it. Although it looks like a very little um, penalty, when you're back there as a quarterback and a guy is running that kind of route where you're going one way, you stop, and then you separate back the other way, um, a little pull like that does two things. The first thing it does is obviously it slows your guy out down coming out um, where I think he would have probably gone there, but it also helps the defender to speed up. And so what's really hard about that is even if it's not very big, it puts that defender in a position that scares you to death to throw that because, you know, your guy's coming towards him, he's going the other direction, and that's a pick six waiting to happen. And so although it looks small on a route like that, it's extremely big because of that separation that happens when you're going one direction, the defender's going that direction, you stop quick and you separate. Um, it's easy to create you know, a, a nice little window there that I think Patrick Mahomes throws the football. So although it looks like a very little thing and there wasn't a lot of movement on the play, that hold, and you saw it. I mean, everybody saw it. He grabbed the jersey and the jersey was pulled. Um, that you know, Nobody wants it to happen in that moment. I, I get it. But I think it was the right call, and uh, I, I do think he probably completes that pass 
if you know if there's not a hold there and you know and and who knows i don't know does he get the first down does it change everything i'm not really sure there um but you know i i'm objectively saying i understand 100% why it was called and um, you know, anytime there's a pull of the jersey, to me, it's always the easiest call for an official to make as he looks over there and you see jersey, you know, in the hand of the defender and pulling away from the receiver. It's, it's an easy one to call, even though we all would have liked to have not had a penalty there. Right. And then it seemed that Juju was running a route similar to routes being run successfully in the second half of the game. It, it, what, what do you think Andy Reid, Biennemi, and the rest of the staff saw as they sifted through Eagles' defensive tape, you know, in the bye week, all bye week long, all week long, that they exploited to success in the second half? Yeah, um, well, follow me here. So they had a play earlier in the game where Mm -hmm. Sky Moore, down in the red zone, where Sky Moore started on one side of the ball, and he motioned to the other side of the ball. And so when he did that, they were in man-to-man coverage. The guy covering him, man, I think it was Slay in that particular case, he went all the way across the other side and stopped. And so Slay, as he was coming across, bounced to kind of a free safety position, and they rocked a guy from the other side of the free safety down to cover him on the other side. So he went from one side to the other, he stopped. Then he went back. And then when he went back, they rocked it the same way, so Slay ended up covering him. They actually ran the ball there. I think it might have been um, you know, a touchdown there with Pacheco. Um, so they came back later in the game and did that same thing twice, where it was short motion as if they were going to cross the field. Mm-hmm. And as they did that, the guy covering him, man, was going to bounce into the free safety spot, and they were going to rock it the other way. And both times, the receiver started, and then he stopped, and bounced back to the outside. So as the rotation was happening by the defense, they were looking to get back into their positions, assuming the receiver was going to the other side. He stayed on that side. They got out of position, and you know he bounces out, and he's wide open because they catch him kind of mid-transition defensively. And so it was a great job, whether they saw it coming into the game or whether they saw it earlier on that play where Sky Moore motioned to both sides, and they saw, oh, they're rocking both ways. They came back and called it. And the beautiful thing is the first one to, um, Tony. to Tony was actually an, an RPO. And so there was a run play called, so Patrick wouldn't have had to throw it. He was just looking to see with that motion, did Slay start to rock and get past that position? Sure enough, he did. So he could have handed it off if they did something different. They didn't. He pops it out there for, you know, for, for an easy touchdown, and then wow. they come back and, and run a similar play later. Wow. That's all i got to say is, wow, Kurt. So, uh, by the way, you know, that's one of the many reasons why I love you. A great way to describe something on film without <laughs> the benefit of us watching it as you were describing it. So, uh, that, that said, so when, when, do you th- when do you communicate that? When do you as a quarterback receive this information about what somebody either upstairs or on the sideline is seeing on a run play earlier in the game based on the coverage that's being displayed by the defense. When does that com- get communicated to Mahomes to say, "Hey, on an RPO, uh, look for that," and and your guy will probably be wide open. As, when? Probably as soon as you come over to the sideline after that touchdown that we handed off, huh. and they come back. You know, because a lot of times you do put similar things like that. So on that one, Sky Moore. This is something that they've done in the past. So yes. what they did was when Sky Moore went back to the other side again, it was an RPO, and this time that first time he ran to the flat. So it was covered because, you know, Slade just bounced back and was in man coverage and was sitting outside and it was covered. So 
you know, they put that in. And so I'm sure they were watching that ahead of time. Like, how are they going to adjust to this? And uh, I'm sure as soon as Patrick went over there, they said, okay, on this motion, this is how they treated that. We've got these two plays that we've, we've got in our playbook. We're going to come back with this next, Patrick. It's going to be an RPO, so if you don't like the look, hand it off, and maybe we can run it in again. Uh, but we're going to look for that rock of the safeties. And so those are the kind of things that, that you watch. Um, you know, and as soon as you come over to the sideline, you're talking about that. Hey, they did exactly what we thought they were going to do. Be ready for this play next time we're, we're in the red zone. Um, but, yeah, those are the kind of things that you're looking for down there. And uh, some teams just put in motion – even when they might not throw it to a guy, just to see how they react. So now they know, okay, we're going to call this play or this play based on how the defense adjusted to that motion. And how many quarterbacks in the league do you think can handle all this information like this and, and, and execute it as well as Mahomes, Kurt? Um, I mean, I, I, think there's, I think there's a few, you know, because those plays were actually fairly, fairly simple. Okay. Um, you know, because all, all you're looking for there before the snap with that short motion is – does Darius Slay get to be eight, nine yards deep? If he's that deep off of Tony, you know you're going to have space to be able to throw that. So that's all you're looking for there. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I mean, I think, I'm, you know, in, in that particular situation, I mean, Patrick can do a lot of things, but those weren't really that difficult, um, you know, for any quarterback. It was just great play design, great play call based on how Philly was playing it. And, uh, you know, you tip your hat to Andy Reid, uh, to give him a couple high hoppers that were easy touchdowns in that second half. High hoppers. Huh. How often do high hoppers happen in a Super Bowl, Kurt? Well, huh. yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. And it didn't just happen once. It happened twice, twice on that. In red zone plays, concept. I mean, that's, you could say that this was yep. the difference, uh, essentially. Now, yep. I know we're all focused exactly. on defensive holding. But, I mean, th- these, are, these were not field goals settled for. These were, these were touchdowns cashed in, you know, in, in the yep. second half of a exactly. Super Bowl. You know, yep, exactly. That's what you talk about when you're playing against another team that can score. You get down there and you got to punch it in, especially when you're down ten. You know, and in the second half, it was bang, bang, bang. You know, and, and putting these plays in and being efficient down in the tight red zone, which oftentimes can be really, really tough. Right. Uh, especially throwing the football, they got you know they got some easy, easy throws, uncontested throws. Uh, yeah, again, a huge, huge tip of the cap to Andy Reid and the staff there for finding that and creating those opportunities. Kurt Warner here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the quarterbacks, and let's talk about Hurts first. I mean, he could have been MVP of this game. No question about it. And that's part of the reason why we are still focused on that defensive holding penalty because it did prevent Hurts from getting a legit chance to tie, if not win, with no time left. Um, so uh, how, how, how good is he? I mean, I, he, he looks spectacular to me, and what a performance he had that night do, do you think this is is a sustainable he's now a superstar in this league kurt warner um i i think all of our hope is that that's the case mm-hmm. um you know huge strides from last year to this year had to me what was an mvp season i, I really thought he was the best quarterback in the league before he got injured um and would have gotten my vote for for mvp uh, had he continued to play that way and, and not been injured late in the season. Um, you know, I think the biggest question is going to be, um, can they play this way for the entirety of his career? Or, or can he evolve even more as a pocket passer and playing the game that way? I mean, he was phenomenal this year in every facet. But they had a really, really good run game, you know, a really good offensive line. And so I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts. I just 
when you talk about sustainable, um, to me, at some point he's probably not going to be able to play in, you know, this great of a run, you know, system that he's going to have to throw it more often. Um, and, and then we'll really get to see how complete of a player he is or how high he can elevate himself as a quarterback. But, you know, I'm a guy that always says, let's let these guys grow. It's okay for him to have room to grow and for us to have to see more from him. But he's done everything that you've asked a quarterback to do. Gets his team to the playoffs a year ago. You say to yourself, okay, he's got to get better as a pocket passer. This year, as good as a pocket passer as we saw in the league, even though he didn't have to throw for as many yards and touchdowns and all of that stuff from that you know, standpoint, he was really good at, in that capacity when he, when he needed to be. And then I think there's going to be an evolution where he's going to have to carry them a little bit more from inside the pocket, and he's got to show us that he's got the ability to evolve into that guy, um, and that's what takes him into that next stratosphere. But it's been so much fun to watch, that a great kid, and you know, he never seems to, to back down from a challenge of saying, okay, last year I needed to get better in this. I did. Where do I need to get better next year? Uh, so I have no doubts that he can get to uh, to what we're talking about. And then let's talk Mahomes here. Uh, unfortunately, you are no longer the last quarterback to win the league MVP in the Super Bowl <laughs> in the same year. But it took a while, man. I mean, nine straight quarterbacks tried to do what you were the last to do prior to Sunday, and they couldn't. Um, and Brady's not even one of them. And he won three, he won three league MVPs yeah. and, and seven Super Bowls during that span. And he, was, he couldn't even have d- pulled that feet off based on circumstances. So where, where does Mahomes rank for you now with two Super Bowls and two league MVPs now in the case at 27? Well, I mean, I, rankings, I, I don't know. I know I mean, that. He's one of the best. I mean, he's you know, shown us in a short period of time <laughs> how good he is. And... When it's all said and done, he'll be one of the best. Um, you know, can we can we make the argument that he's the best when it's all said and done? And, and can he match, you know, Brady in terms of winning? Uh, you know, I think so many people look at him right now and say he's the best quarterback that we've ever seen play the game with all the skills and everything that he can do. He's the best quarterback, and they look at Tom Brady, and it's like he's the greatest winner. And so sometimes they can be synonymous. Um, but I think Patrick's, you know, at least right there in terms of how he's played the game. And now it's simply just about, you know, how many more of these does he get? You know, how many more times does he does he have a chance to play in the Super Bowl? And can he compete from a winning standpoint with Tom Brady? And if that happens, I think everybody will probably end up saying he's the best because of the skill set and the wow plays and, and all the different things that that he can do that, you know, some of us, including, you know, Tom Brady, you know, were limited. You know, they weren't going to do some of these wow things that Patrick can do, and Patrick can do basically all the other stuff. So um, I, I think that's how it's going to shake out when it's all said and done. Is Patrick's in that category. We'll be talked about in that category for the rest of time. And now it's simply can he match the wins, can he match the Super Bowls to possibly take over that reign as best quarterback we've ever seen in our game. Last one for you, Kurt Warner. Um, Aaron Rodgers apparently going into the dark later today. He's got four <laughs> days to sit there and think about his future. I cannot imagine. I, I mean, good Lord. I couldn't even imagine spending three hours in that circumstance. But he says he's <laughs> going to spend four days. Um, Green Bay says they'll take him back, obviously. Uh, uh, Damian Lillard, after you left, came on the set uh, on game day morning and voiced exactly what all Raider fans have been saying. 
let him come now that Derek Carr's gone. Uh, and then the Jets hire the offensive coordinator for his last few years uh, in Green Bay prior to uh, last year. Um, and you know the style of offense Nathaniel Hackett can run with, with Rodgers. Looking at all the rosters and looking at all the circumstances, which one do you think is the best chance for, for Rodgers to win one more before he does join you in Canton, Kurt? Green Bay. Um, I think if he wants to play again and the Packers want him back, I think he's back in Green Bay. I, I, I just, again, I think there's lots of different facets to it. But I do think there's something uniquely special about playing the entirety of your career with one organization. And even though it you know, seems like it may have been a little more rocky these last few years, there's something special about that. And, um, and then I look at the landscape and the best opportunities I think out there for him might be the AFC um, and knowing the transition that it takes in most situations to turn, you know, go to another organization and turn them around and, and try to get back to the championship, even though we obviously saw two teams do it recently. Um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of challenges in the AFC. You know, there's, there's a lot of good young quarterbacks to go through in the AFC. And so I, I think the best opportunity still, when I look at the NFC and, and where the teams are, um, they're going to Packers are going to grow. They were so much better down the stretch of the season that I, I still think it's the best opportunity for him to compete for a championship, to win a you know to, to win a conference and move on. And there's like I said, there's the, the special aspect of of playing your entire career with one organization instead of going somewhere else for a year or two and um, and trying to establish yourself there. So when it's all said and done, if he wants to play, I. I still think he's going to be in Green Bay. And and so the creature comforts, he stays put, right? He doesn't have to learn new, you know, like a, a new ways route to the facility. Um, and he doesn't have to learn new teammates and and transition and anything like that. Um, he, he also has the legacy of staying put for a legacy franchise. But you think the, the weaponry that he has um, – is is on par better i mean like adams he knows in 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 vegas right and then you got yeah. uh, a team in the jets that just swept the rookie of the year categories and is getting breeze hall back and he also has the creature comfort of the offensive coordinator you still say green bay despite all that huh i mean yeah i mean i still think you know there's some other places that have you know some better pieces yes but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best situation to necessarily win mm-hmm. and compete for a championship. But, yeah, I mean, I think their wide receivers have to grow up. Um, but you saw Watson and Dobbs play better down the stretch. You know, they were built more around running the football, and, and that became their M.O., and they played really good football down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of places he could go and, and have just, you know, flat-out better wide receivers on the outside. Um, you know, but I just, again, I'm not sure they have all the other pieces to compete, especially when you have to compare it to, you know, the Jets, right? Jets, great situation. Uh, you know, you, you still got to go through uh, a couple good teams, specifically the Buffalo Bills in your division, um, who's, who are really talented and probably more talented than the Jets are even. But I could see them competing. But then, uh, you know, the Raiders, it's going to be a tough division just across the board, and, and they've got – shiny weapons on the outside but you know do they have a defense to allow you to compete um the packers defense uh, you know the run game showed that that they're right there if you know and that's a big if if 
they can get some you can gain some confidence on the outside with those guys. And you think about the Jets, they got a bunch of young guys on the outside too. So how, how long does it take to transition with those young guys um, to be successful? So I just think there's a lot of pieces when it looks good from afar, but there usually is an adjustment period. And during that adjustment period, do you think it can make it happen fast enough where you get a chance to compete in the short term? Kurt, you're the man. Love you. Send my best to Brenda. Um, are you starting to grind tape on the prospects we're going to see in the combine? Is that what you do? You take a few days uh, off? What do you got not, for me? What do you got? Not here? quite yet. I watched okay. the Super Bowl yesterday. I'll break that down a little bit on my YouTube page throughout the week. Can be confidential. Uh, yeah, take it. Take a little time off, and then yeah, start diving into the the young quarterbacks for the uh, for the combine and the draft. All right, you just bought yourself another text asking you to call in. You just did that. Just, thank <laughs> All you. right. I look forward to it. Take care. Well, I'll miss you, buddy. Right back. But, at you. Uh, we'll see you. We'll see, see you soon, soon enough. Okay. That's uh, Kurt Warner. Love him. Love you. Love him. By the way, I, he just tells you what he thinks right there. Hey, Jalen's got to improve. Yeah, you know he's not buying it. I mean, I'm sure everybody is like, oh, you just want to lavish praise on Mahomes. Yeah, well, you know him noticing that uh, defensive wrinkle by the Eagles. Well, a lot of quarterbacks can do that. Tells it to you straight. Rogers staying put. No. Let's see what he's got to say today. Rogers staying put. So much to talk about there. Stain, Shane Steichen is being introduced as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts as we speak. I don't think he looks like Dak Shepard at all. I don't get oh, it. Oh, really? Really. Well, certainly well, not the way I'm looking at him right now. When you look at pictures, he doesn't, but he does. Okay. Well, we're going to talk <laughs> about that on this program. That's why Dak Shepard was trending today. I'm like, what happened? Okay, very good. I was worried when I saw 844 rich number to dial. Your phone calls before we take one from Calvin Johnson and set things up with our Valentine's Day wishes for our new sports Valentines. Coming up. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Back here on our radio <laughs> show here along with the Roku Channel stream. Let's uh, take some phone calls here. Um, let's go to Matt in Santa Cruz, California. What's up, Matt? You there, Matt? Morning, 
Going checking on? in your show on Sirius XM as I do every day. Attaboy. Thanks, man. What's going on? Uh, I wonder if uh, you know, Roger's going to go spend a couple days in the darkness. Yes, he I is. wonder when he comes back out. If he sees his shadow, will he be a Packer for three more seasons? Rich, I got one more for you, if, if, and that's not, not another pun. Um, yes. You had a guest on who, after being intro- introduced to the Hall of Fame, as he stood with other Hall of Famers mm-hmm. and comparing who was the best, and the gentleman said to him, once you get in here, we're all equal. That's right. That's Do you it. remember who made that quote to you? I don't remember that. Who was that? No. No. Okay, you remember the quote. I, you sure I don't, I, 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 I don't uh, remember I don't, who actually said it, but um, you're not wrong. I know. That's an interesting one. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it was like... What ballot? A first ballot, third ballot, sixth doesn't, ballot? Doesn't matter. What you're in, it doesn't matter. I know Dion said something. I know exactly who he's talking about. I know Dion said it's something along the lines of, like, they should have a different... Jacket color. That jacket color because <laughs> it's a certain status of a Hall of Framer. He's just upset that that uh, that um, his his guy uh, isn't getting in. Um, you know, why am I blanking on the kid's a- name? A. Noon? No. Um, who ran back all the touchdowns. Oh, from, Devin Hester. Yeah, Devin Hester, right. Yeah. I need more sleep. <laughs> yeah, I think he's he's just a little upset that Devin's not getting in. Yeah, um, I think Devin will get his time. That's a funny statement that Rogers is a, is kind of like a a groundhog. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Ken in Kokomo, Indiana. What's up, Ken? Kokomo. Kokomo. Very uh, alliterative phone call Jamaica. here. What's up, Ken? Hey, Rich. It's good to talk to you again. Same here, Thank man. you for taking my call. You got it. I just want to point out a couple of things that probably the league office isn't going to say. Uh, I can tell you a little something about John Jenkins. It's his eighth year in the league. Um, first Super Bowl. And I think he deserves a little bit of love for having the guts to throw the flag at all. You're referring to the official who threw the defensive hold. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. He's right. the field judge on the, on, on the crew. Hey, the league is going to back this play. I mean, a million percent the league's going to back the play because it is a hold. I mean, it's the right sure. call when you see that tug. It's the right call. The question is, do you call it then? When, you know, I'm sure he I, he might say that's the only tug of the jersey I saw all day. And so he threw it. It does take right. guts to call it. That's for damn sure. Takes and huge I guts to call Kurt- it. Uh, Warner just now added a little bit of credence there from the standpoint of the quarterback and how just a little tug can make all the difference to a quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, we had Chris Long on yesterday as well describe it, as well as Pereira, that uh, a defender can use the, the, the tug to slingshot himself back into the play as opposed to being completely beaten. You know, and thanks. Absolutely. To, so thank, I was just, I just wanted to put a little bit of love to John Jenkins for, for having the guts. Because oh, if, if I may, one quickly. Sure. The Tommy Bell. You know the name. Go for it. Referee of until 1976. Yeah. When he was a when he was a crew chief, it sounds really cheesy, really corny, but there was a chant that the crew had together in the in the locker room before they went out on the onto the field. It goes hats, flags, whistles, guts. Mm-hmm. You can't work a game without any of them. Thanks for the call, Ken. Appreciate it. Guy saw it, called it. Wish he hadn't. <laughs> what else can I say? 
I mean, yeah. You know, another thing I, I say, and I put this in your direction because I, I, they, they might not get the reference. Anytime I hear crew chief, I think of Winky Dinky Doll. <laughs> Winky Dinky. He went from assistant Dog. crew chief to crew chief. I keep thinking of Hollywood Shuffle. Wow, that's funny. Do you ever see? You ever see Hollywood I Shuffle? Have you not. Still I have not. I just looked. We have Robert the... Townsend on. You hear the two of us keep giving references over and over again. There's a bat in my house. Batty, batty, batty. I still oh have the God. second half of Manchurian <laughs> Candidate on my TV. Every single, every single time I hear Crew Chief, Look, Robert, no matter what, every sport. There's a bat in my house. <laughs> Just bragging about going from assistant Crew Chief to Crew Chief. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've lost TJ. Yeah, I know we have. The rest of but the uh, it's, it's such a brilliant movie. It still stands the test of time. What's Calvin Johnson noise? coming up. Calvin Johnson coming up. <laughs> Still here on Roku channel. Shout out to Robert Towns. Oh my God, AJ we got to get him back because we. T- I totally not we. I totally whiffed on him being the director of. It's Raw, right? Was he the director mm-hmm. of Raw? Eddie Murphy yeah. Raw, right? Right? Yeah. Man, saw the other night. Was it? Yeah. Or was it because <laughs> Eddie did two stand-up specials? He did Delirious. Delirious. I think he did Delirious. Wait right? a minute. Didn't yeah. was well, Robert Townsend the director Townsend. of Delirious? Robert Townsend was raw. Raw, raw yeah. Raw. Okay. The one in the garden. The felt oh, form. Yeah. Believe, Hello, right? felt form. Hello, felt form. Oh, I can't say the rest of that. My God. <laughs> can't say any of it. <laughs> can't, say any. <laughs> can't say any of it. Truly is... one of the greatest stand-up yeah. specials ever. Ever. Norton? Oh, stop it. I know it. Stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> <laughs> now we have to stop. A little too raw. Well, this is, this is Roku. Raw. We can technically. No, 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 no. I mean, that is true. No, no, no. I'm just saying. Yo, Eddie. I think it's our <laughs> podcast, too. Just alone, Be careful. Yo, Rocco. <laughs> Be careful. Uh, I'm a date rich. I've heard, actually, I'm a I, I've heard the, uh, the Netflix movie with him in it is fantastic. I need to see that. <laughs> Who? The one with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. Oh, and, you uh, people? Yeah, I've heard it's terrific. Yeah. Have you seen it? I saw half of it. You, oh, you didn't like it? I... Uh-oh. I heard he's terrific in it. Here's I heard, the it's deal, like, right? I heard it's like old I, school Eddie Murphy. I just had a hard time buying Lauren London and oh, okay. Joe Nash. Okay. Hey, hey, I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. It just, Lauren London's looking like a 13 on a 9 scale. You know. Calvin Johnson coming up, everybody. <laughs>